It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. Foster. Nine seconds for the win. Oh! 22nd.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.com.
All right. All right. Let's do it. I'll start you off, Isaiah. <clears throat> sure. What happened at the Suns? The Suns. The Suns. Our team that we thought both yeah, of us picked to win, the NBA, to win the NBA Finals. Went down to the Mavericks in seven games in the Western Conference Finals. Um, just looking back on that series with the Mavericks, it, that was a series we both thought was going to be short. I said, I said Suns in four. Yeah, you said Suns in four. Yes. I said I think they're going to win in four or five. Um, and it, it's, it started off that way. They had two con- pretty convincing wins. They went on to all of a sudden lose two on the road to Dallas, so it was, it was a completely new series. But then it goes back to Phoenix. The Suns win game five by, I think, by like 30 points or something like that. And it kind of seems like it's over. All right, here the Suns are dominating like we thought they would. And then they go on the road. They lose by 27. And then they go home. They have one more chance. And they lose by 33. It was crazy. Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they were both held to like around 15 points in each game. Not very many assists. In the last game. Yeah, last game they had like 10 and 11. Chris Paul had 10 points and 4 assists, and Booker only had 11. And that that was, so one big, big problem was not very many assists from Chris Paul. A lot of what I think causes the Suns success is Chris Paul setting up Devin Booker because he's such a great shooter. Chris Paul is the point god. He can score, but he's also a great, uh, great at getting assists, great at getting good looks for the team. So we didn't see that in the final two games. And, and I simply put, the Suns' best players in these big games did not show up, and the Mavericks did. Luka put up over 30 points in each game. And to me, what, what I, I, I kind of thought I saw was, you know, it goes to Dallas in game six. It almost seems like the Suns may be looking past the series a little bit. You know, like they kind of, they're feeling good coming off a 30-point win. They go to Dallas, and then they, they kind of fall asleep. 27-point loss, but then it's like, all right, they're going to come home. They have this opportunity in front of their home fans to, you know, show up and, and really dominate. And, you know, no shots are falling. The Mavericks are excited to be there. And they get off to a cold start, and then it, they almost start, it looked to me like they started to get desperate. They started to, you know, bad shots. force bad shots, yeah. bad passes, turnovers. I agree. And then, it, like, they became more desperate, and then they, the, the the Dallas League grew even more. It was like... Well, they were up by like 40 or 50 points, I think, at one point. I so. mean, look. It was crazy. I, I mean, I stopped watching it yeah. soon into the third quarter. I said, this is you ridiculous. had to. I mean, it was like a 40-point game at that uh, point. But Dallas does have a great defense, granted. But these guys just flat out didn't show up. You know, look, Chris Paul's a, a great all-time player. I'm sure he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. I still think of him as one of the best players in the league. He got exposed this game, uh, this series, and especially in this game. And Devin Booker, they're talking about all the time, oh, you know, I, I mean, I always say Devin Booker isn't that good. I think he's overrated. But a lot of people say that Devin Booker is great. And a lot of people were even saying that Devin Booker deserved MVP votes this year. And he, and he I think he got some. So, he all that, like he was and pretty he high gets up in the voting. 11 points in a... Game seven closeout yeah. game. Yeah, especially I mean, when you are you guys are the favorite to win the whole thing going into the playoffs. You're the favorite to win the whole thing. Nobody thought that the Mavericks had a shot against you, and you just didn't show up at all. And it wasn't like the the Mavericks scored an unbelievable amount of points in the first half. Fifty seven is a good amount of points, but you should be able to compete with that and. You should be able to play better defense to prevent them from scoring 57 points, but you also just have to score. They were down 30 at the half. I have never seen – I've watched a lot of basketball. 
I don't think in my entire life have I seen one player from a team outscoring the other team in the first half. I don't think we've ever seen it. Luka Doncic had 27 points going into the half, which is the same amount of points as the entire Phoenix Suns team. Unbelievable. I mean, he was on, but that, like, him and Dinwiddie got it going, but it wasn't real, really the scoring production. In my, like, granted, Luka was great, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie was great, but it was the fact that how good their defense was because they just couldn't even score to keep up with them. The scoring was great, but the defense was unbelievable to the point where Devin Booker and Chris Paul couldn't do anything. And you're right, they looked very desperate. And this is this is really not good for Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh, I mean, the next question here is how bad does this look for Chris Paul and Devin Booker? I think it looks really bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, one other thing I'll say is that it, it reminded me a little bit of the finals last year where... Suns win the first two games pretty convincingly. It seems like, all right, they're going to control the series, and then they go on to lose four straight to the Bucks. This time around, it's like, they okay, they won those first two games, and then all of a sudden, they ch- they basically choke in the next two on the road. And then, then it's like, all right, oh, wait, no, they have a, a dominant game five. Okay, now this is the Suns we know that won 64 games. And they did the exact same thing they did in the finals last year. They, they didn't show up. They right, choked. The, so it wasn't like the finals last year, they weren't getting blown out by 30 in, in a – in the half, this was no, only, yeah. Like, I mean, this was. I don't think I've ever seen sure. a worse basketball game in my life. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't really watch after the first half either. Like it, it, was, it was crazy. I know, and I I kept waiting for like, okay, this is like a, a big first quarter for the Mavericks. Like Suns will bounce back. They'll make it a close game, and then it was like just doubled in the second quarter, and then like doubled again in the third quarter. Like it just was nonstop. So, I guess just you know for the future of the team, what this looks like for those two guys. I still think you need to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because they really? won 64 games this season. I mean, they were dominant in a, in a really good Western Conference. And yes, Chris Paul is 36, but he's had... 37. I th- is he 37? I think so. I heard I, I have it down that he'll be 37 next year. I don't know when his birthday is, but I think oh, he's like maybe turning wrong. 37. Doesn't matter. 36, 37. Either way... He's still playing super well, at least in, in these past couple seasons with the Suns. I, I don't have any reason to think that will change next year. And I, and you know that I, I'm a big believer in Devin Booker and his ability to score. They still have a really good lineup all around them. I think they're going to be fine. I, I really? really do. I, I still think they're going to be one of the best wow. teams in the Western Conference. Um, yeah, like they're, they're still a really strong team. I, I, yes, they choked two straight years in the playoffs, but to me it doesn't tell me that next year they're going to be – anything worse than the top three team in the Western Conference. Well, I'm glad that you said this because I was looking at this lineup of questions and I didn't know if we were going to have any huge arguments, but this seems like we have an argument to have here. Well, we always kind of argue about the Suns well, because of because how I feel about one of the other questions Booker. here is, what's this Chris Paul's last chance to win a championship? And I'm never going to say, you know, he doesn't get a chance ever. I mean, who knows? Like, Something could happen, or he could be put on a different team in a different situation, and he could be in a different role. You know, like, for all we know, this guy could be playing until he's 40, and he'd come off a bench on a championship team and just be a six-man. Who knows? That's in three years, though, and he's, he's playing way too well to be to, I'm to just be saying, that level. I'm just saying, but my point is, is that this Suns team, I don't really think they're going to be able to win the championship as constructed with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I mean... This might have been their last chance. They were favored this year. If you look at what's going on in the West now, the Grizzlies are on the rise. 
The Grizzlies looked really good against a Warriors team without their best player. They took it to six games without their best player. The Grizzlies are going to be a force to contend with in the future. The Warriors, they're still figuring out their team. They don't even know their full potential because they didn't play for the full year with Dray with Draymond and Steph and Poole and Clay all together. Clay came back late, and then Curry was injured for a little while. Who knows what these guys are going to look like next year when they're all healthy? When they have Wiseman back, probably right. And Poole is coming into his own, and he's become a star. Uh, I don't know about a star, but he's become a really good player in these playoffs. So there's two teams that are really scary. The Mavericks all of a sudden are looking unbelievable. So you have the Mavericks as well. The Jazz are always there. The Nuggets are always there. They're going to probably get Jamal Murray back, right? So that's going to be a team. The T-Wolves looked really interesting this year in the playoffs. They could definitely be good. If Zion comes back to the Pelicans, who knows about them? They fought with the Suns without Zion. And then you can never count out the Lakers, who have LeBron James still, have Anthony Davis still, and have Russell Westbrook still. And then on top of all that, you still have the Clippers, who didn't have Kawhi this year, and Kawhi's going to come back into the Western Conference. You have all this stuff going on in the West. If they even make it out of the West, then they're going to have to deal with whoever is coming from the East. You still have Giannis there. You still have KD there. You the Celtics who are looking awesome now. Miami is a really deep team. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know if Chris Paul is going to win another championship. I mean, a championship because he's never won one before. I think this was his shot. It's looking really, really scary from here on out. Yeah, you know, throughout our, our last couple of years here on the show, we talked about how good the Western Conference is, how strong it is. And it was very strong again this past year. And they still won 64 games. There's no reason for me to believe they're going to be any worse than a top three team in the West next but it's year. Getting Despite everything you, you just said. But it's getting stronger. Grizzlies had a really good year. I think, they, I, think they overplayed, I think they they overplayed their abilities a little bit. I think they're going to regress a little bit. I don't I don't fully believe in them yet. I think they just got hot this year. Warriors, yes. Warriors are back fully. Especially now with Jordan Poole being that third guy. They're going to be a top team in the West for a, a while now, I think. But there's no reason any other... None of those other teams really scare me that much as the Suns. Yes, you have the Mavericks that just beat them in this series. I think they had a bad night. I think they had a bad two games. The Suns are still a much better team. Yes, they have Luka Doncic, who's you know one of the top players in the NBA, and he's he's proving right now that he can, at, at least through this last series, we saw that he can be the guy that carries the team through a playoff series. Very, I mean, that's exciting for them. That is something we've been waiting to see. The Suns are still a more complete team than, than them, and none, none of those other teams you then why didn't they off win? really scared me. Then why didn't they win? Uh, we just talked about it. They did, yeah, they they choked in their in those two they games. Had, they fair. had seven they games did. to do it. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a one game and done. That's fair. They had their shots. They lost. So they in did. my estimation, the Mavs were the better team this year. No, I mean they won sixty four games in the regular Who season. Who cares what you do in the regular no, season I, if you go? They're still a better team. They lost the series. Isaiah, they lost the series seven getting, games. You're getting, taken, you're getting taken late into a series with a Pelicans team who nobody thought could touch the Suns. And then you get taken the seven by the Mavericks and you get spanked on your home court. Pelicans was six in games. Game seven. Six games they had they were missing their best player for multiple games. Devin Booker was out. But it's and your they still won six. 
Well, forget about that. It is forget, an excuse. They don't forget have about that. That's forget fine. about that. Look at this series between the Suns and the Mavs. <clears throat> they got spanked in Game 7 on their home court. I've never seen a team get booed off the court going into the lockers at halftime <clears throat> by their home team in a Game 7. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. They, Who tri- gives they, a crap they had a bad night. About 60, they had a bad right, night. They had a bad they night, but they had still every single team. opportunity to do it in the series. I don't know. You play that series back again, the Suns win it most of the time. They're the better team. But it but yeah, no, it didn't happen this time. They're still a better team. And throughout, I, like, going into this playoffs, I think anyone would agree, Suns clearly were the best team throughout this entire season. So saying now, just because they lost this Game 7, that they're not going to be it's a top three team in the West next year, it's not, it's I'm just not, recency I'm not bias. Saying, I'm not it's saying, recency bias. I'm not saying that they can't be a top three team. They can be. But even they will be. Fine. You're the number one seed this year. It's just what happened. You yeah. won the conference fine. by eight games. Not every one seed goes on to win the finals. I'm not it saying happens. every one seed wins the finals, but who gives a crap if you're the one seed if you're going to get spanked on national TV in front of your home crowd yeah, in the game you have seven? Yeah, a bad night. They had a bad night. All right. Well, it happens. Look, I can't wait till we talk about this next year because <laughs> uh, we'll be texting and we'll be in touch. And I think... This was their window. Like, no, what are you talking about? Devin Booker is, is young, and Chris Paul still got a, good. A, a, a few good years left. Does he and they really were already the, they were the six, they won sixty four games a season, and but they made the Isaiah, finals the year before. But Isaiah, this was a this was like the Warriors rebound year. Now the Warriors are back. Now they're back in full force. Yeah. So next year they're going to be full force Warriors again, and then. You didn't have to deal with Kawhi this year. And also, you got lucky as hell that the Lakers screwed up as big as they did because no matter what you tell me about the Lakers, they still have LeBron James, Anthony Davis on the team. So, they got really lucky. And this was their window, and this was their shot. And they missed it. They didn't even go to the Western Conference Finals. At least go to the the Western Conference Finals and lose to the Warriors then. Then we could talk about something. But it's the matter in which they lost. And it's the fact that I'm really looking at this whole standings here of the Western Conference. And I'm only seeing improvement. And I'm only seeing this getting to be an even scarier path for any of these teams coming out of the West. It's really not that different than it was this year. Yes, Kawhi comes back. How are the Lakers going to be any different than the team of not making the playoffs that they were this past year, well, and the team two years ago that the Suns beat in the first round. Well, the Lakers are not going to not make the playoffs next year. There's no way. Oh, yeah, just like there's no way this year. You had them winning the finals this well, they year. Can't, they can't not make it two years in a row. They could. No. They, they definitely could. No. I don't okay. believe it for a second. I think the Lakers are going to have a really nice rebound. Who comes year. back? Kawhi comes back. Jamal Murray comes you back. You say Kawhi back. like Kawhi's a nobody. No, I, I, a I had player. him top 10 when we did our top 10 list. So that's a big scout. deal. It is a big deal. But the Clippers are not that good. They made the Western Conference Finals last year. That was impressive. The Suns beat them there. This year without Kawhi Leonard, they didn't they have Kawhi in the playing. Western Conference Finals. They still beat them. I just, yeah, they still beat them because they didn't have Kawhi. Okay. Fine. They made the Western Conference Finals last year without Kawhi, and they were still a better team. Last they knew that they season. were. They knew that they, they knew that they weren't going to have Kawhi this year. So this was probably like a, you know what? We're not going to like 
deal with making a bunch of trades or, or some free agent acquisitions this year because this is going to be a busted year. Kawhi's not with us. There's no way we're winning the chip with just Paul George. So now you better believe that they're going to reload heavy and they're going to be coming in strong this next year. Yeah, they'll be better. They'll be in the playoffs. Absolutely. They'll probably be better than the Lakers. Who cares? <laughs> I, I'm just they're saying. Not, they're not going to be as good as the, Sun, as the Suns, though. I think you're really underestimating. Any, it's fine if the Suns have a better record, but what's it's going to come down to is can they really contend with these teams that are going to be getting better and are still here? I don't know. And then that's not even to mention who's coming out of the East. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's not not that, like, not as important, but yeah, it's important. Well, you still have to win that, that yeah. series to, to win the, the championship, right? Yeah. The, I mean, I think we both agree the West is better. I think that's more of that's the bigger fine. challenge. But the Suns are going to be one or two next year in the West. Okay. I, I'm not And Chris Paul has not... no lesser of a chance of winning a championship just because he didn't win it this year. He's got more years. He still looks great. I mean, he's still a, a starting point guard and one of the best starting point guards in the league. And there's n- no reason for me to believe that that's going to change. And you have Devin Booker, who's one of the best players, one of the best scorers in the NBA, too. So okay. I feel fine. I feel fine. As well, I guess we'll see. And writing him off already is just because they lost. They had a, an embarrassing Game 7. That happens. Everyone that's listening, I can see what you're saying. So, what do you think about this? Is this is this a lost cause for the Suns or or what? You let me know. I'll I'll relay the information to you guys. Okay. All right. Well, looking ahead now into the Western Conference Finals starting tomorrow, Kenny, is there any chance that the Mavericks upset the Warriors? Yeah, I think there's a shot. I mean, we didn't think that they were going to be able to upset the Suns. And we thought that the Suns were this team that was going to definitely win the NBA Finals. So there's no reason why they can't upset the Warriors as well. I happen to think that the Warriors are going to win this series, but I think it's definitely going to be a tough series for them. I can see this going seven games for sure. And uh, they're really going to have to show up with their A game. And not like how they played when they were playing against the John Morantless Grizzlies. There were some times in those... In those games, where you know they lost, I forget if it was one or two games without John Morant. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that clearly two. they were having trouble with the Grizzlies without John Morant. So now you have these guys coming in that are all healthy. They just look what they just did to the Suns. They have nothing to lose. the The Mavericks are playing with house money right now. They, nobody really thought that they were going to make it this far. They're just going to come in and try to upset the Warriors because everyone's still picking the Warriors. The Warriors are probably going to be a little bit tight, and they have to come in and they have to really show out because this is huge series, and Luka and the Mavericks are not going to be messing around. Yeah, I, you know, like I said earlier, Luka's finally – we're kind of finally seeing that Luka – is becoming that guy, that dominant guy that can really carry a team through the through a playoff series. But he's also been getting a lot of contributions from the rest of the team. And like you said, the, the defense has looked really good. Um, and looking at this series specifically, Dallas won the season series against the Warriors 3-1, to one, um, which, I mean, it's only four games. It's a small sample size, but it, it's it so impressive. And I was just looking through um, 
throughout the playoffs, the, uh, the Mavericks lost their first home game to the Jazz in that first series. They've won every single home game since then. I think they're going to win some home... Dallas, those games in Dallas have been electric. The crowd's been going crazy. Game six against the Suns. I mean, the Suns looked... It was, I mean, it was like game seven, but like they looked like they had no shot throughout the entire game. So I think there's something to be said about playing in Dallas. They're definitely going to get some, some wins there. If they can pull off a win in one of those first two games and then go to Dallas with a 1-1 series... I think they have a pretty good shot, honestly. I, I, and I will still pick the Warriors. I going into the playoffs. I had the Warriors in the finals, or no, I had the Suns in the finals, but I had the Warriors in the spot. Um, so I thought they were the second best team in the conference. Now that they're only one left, I, I still think they're going to make the finals. But I agree. I think it could go six or seven. I, I think it actually probably will go seven. And then you know you go to Golden State against Clay and uh, Curry in, in a game seven. It'll be, it'll be tough, but. Again, that's why we thought about them playing the Suns. So they might be a little bit of a Cinderella team this year, a team that we wrote off going into this last series against the Suns. So definitely need to be taken more seriously. They, they definitely are not going to be a pushover. They're not going to be a team that we thought, like last series, was going to get swept. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, Lucas Clutch, he, I mean, really, so he has not watch. shied away from the moment. And he's such a, a unique player. Yeah. Like, I haven't really seen anyone like him before because he's a 6'7 point guard and usually you think point guards are super fast and, you know, running down the court and blowing by people, but he just moves so slowly and methodically and usually that's something that you say about someone as, a, you know, a, a detriment to them, yeah. but he's just able to, like, glide around and, and get to his spots and take his shots and... He's so good, he knows exactly what he's doing, and he knows his game, and he doesn't try to, uh, to you know, be what he isn't. He, he knows exactly what he is, and he does his job, and I mean, he's one of my favorite players to watch for sure, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do against the Warriors. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be interesting. Like, you know, you watch the Warriors, you think, you know, transition, quick threes from Curry or Clay. Mavericks are, are pretty much the opposite. I mean, very strong defensive team. And then, yeah, when Luka has the ball, he's slow and methodical. And, like, even when he's shooting, it kind of seems like he shoots in slow motion a little bit. Yeah, he still can't be stopped. So it's two very different styles of play. Yeah, that's a great point. And who knows? I mean, with, that, with their defense, like, if they're able to slow these games down and, you know, force those threes to be a lot, a lot tougher, not give them those transition looks, Mavericks, I mean... They have a pretty good shot, I think. Well, Warriors are favored, but a huge, huge—that's a great point. A huge part of this series is who's going to dictate the pace of the game. Yeah. Because the Warriors love to play fast. They love to exactly. get the rebound off the miss, and they love to get off to the races, whether it be a layup or whether it be a three-point shot, and have the guys that do it that are awesome in in uh, transition passing, like Draymond Green and and Steph and Clay. That's what they do, and they know each other very well. And they're great at it. So if the Mavericks get into a track meet with them, it's going to be trouble. Yep. I don't think they could do that. Luka's not, you know, he's in good shape, but he's not the most like the most fast guy. I can't see him running up and down the court, and I can really see it getting out of hand quickly for the Mavs if they try to play that game with them. They really have to slow them down and get back very quickly uh, into their half their half court defense after a missed shot and dictate the pace of the game, and that's the only way that they have a shot. Because if they start running with them, 
I don't think they could do it. They're not built to do that. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think the Warriors lose two at home in the first two, but I could definitely see, like, game one, Mavericks kind of caught, catch them off guard, really slow the game down, and take more possessions, have more time, have the ball longer, and kind of just shut down the Warriors and not give them any open looks and, and steal a game one. I, I could totally see that happening. Um, all this being said, Warriors are the better team. You still have the Splash Bros. I'm still going to give it to them. A lot of reasons to believe, though, that the, the Mavericks could pull off an upset here. All right. Where you want to go next? Let's move to the East. Okay. Lots to talk about in the East as well. All right, Kenny, were you surprised that the Celtics were able to come back and beat the Bucks in Game 6 and Game 7? So, initially, I picked the Celtics, and then even when... I think the last show we did was when the series was 1-0 Bucks. And I was just coming because I'd gone to the game the day before. Right, that's right. And uh, and I even then I said that I think the Celtics are still going to work this out and they're going to win the series. But I will be honest, off air I did falter a little bit in my belief in mm. them after Game Five when the Bucks were up three two and they were going back to Milwaukee. I said I think this is over. I think Milwaukee's going to win in Milwaukee and this is going to be the series. But the Celtics ended up pulling out. And when the Celtics won in Game 6, I said, Game 7, the Celtics are, are going to win. So I kind of like did a little bit of flippy-floppy. But, but in terms <laughs> of, happens, of what happens. was said on the show, I was originally <laughs> with the Celtics. So I'm like a little bit surprised after what happened in Game 5. But also, I, I did say that I think they were going to win. So it's a little bit, you know, what do you think? <laughs> Well, you know, I, I applaud you for admitting that, that you weren't Well, I want to be honest, because I, right, my right. friends are, are listening, and they asked me what I, what they what I thought was going to happen, you know, during the week when we weren't talking, and I told them what I said, so if I came on here and, you know, started lying about it, I'd be hearing about it. So, I'm not going to lie, that's exactly what happened, is what I just said. Yeah, I, um, obviously, last show, I, I still believe the Celtics were going to win as well, even though it was going to be tough. After Game 5... Watching the end of Game 5 and just seeing how they let the game slip away, I honestly, I, I knew the Celtics were better than that. I knew that they had, they, they controlled almost that entire game, gave it away at the end, but I, knew, I, I still felt like they were the better team. Yes, going into, into Milwaukee, it was gonna, I knew it was going to be tough. I was not going to be surprised if the Bucks were going to win, especially, you know, it's like the Bucks and six thing, games at home, like, they have all the momentum coming off that, that big comeback in Game 5. So, yeah, I, I definitely lost confidence, but I still believe that they were the better team and that if they could just slow down Giannis and get some more production out of Tatum and out of Jalen Brown, they could pull off a win. So, was I surprised? Was I surprised a little bit because it was impressive to go into Milwaukee and win that game. But I still believe they were the better team and all, all they needed to do was go win that one road game and you're back at home where you're going to have your home fans. It's going to be game seven. Didn't work out for the Suns, but for the Celtics, I think all you had to do was get out of Milwaukee. They were able to do that, and then, and honestly, in that that game six, like they had a pretty a pretty big lead for a majority of the game. Like it was around like ten fifteen points for a lot of it. The like, end of it was close, and of game six. Yeah, well, that was that crazy game when it was just Tatum had forty something and Giannis had forty something, and Tatum just was hitting threes in people's yeah. face the entire game. And 
Look, like they. I mean, they. they I will say though, they, they had a big lead for a lot of it, and I remember I was watching with some friends. I, I pointed out like mid third quarter, it was Celtics, Celtics were probably up by like fifteen. I'm like, that place was like rocking in the first quarter, and like you can't even hear the crowd at all. Like, I, and I feel like that was a big part of like their championship run last year, and like games they won. They were able. I think they were able to come in and set the tone early, and kind of just show that they were the better team from the beginning and just hold a consistent lead. And it kind of took the crowd out of it. I mean, it was just, it was a quiet. It was, it was so weird. And yes, there's times where it got closer, but like, and it would be a little bit scary for, for Celtics fans. It seemed like maybe here's the big run, but then Tatum would go down and hit another big shot. And then like momentum was just back their way. So very impressive. And, and this was the Celtics team that we saw throughout the final three months of the regular season. And that I believed had the potential to come back out for a big game six on the road. I knew it was going to be tough, but I knew they had the potential for it, and they did it. And then going into Game 7, I mean, you're at home. I think I felt like they were, they were favored. I, I felt a lot more confident. Like, I, I believe they could win on the road, but I felt a lot more confident going into Game 7. And yeah, the Grant Williams game. Like, yeah, Grant Williams. Um, he had, I mean, he was going off from three. I mean, he's one of their better three-point shooters, and he took a ton of uh, threes. He was a leading scorer for the team, so... That gives me hope for the Celtics team going forward, too, that, yes, Tatum looks good. Yes, Jalen Brown looks good. They're playing good defense. But you're also getting nights. Like, like, I think any team that wins the finals has to rely on you know one of those outside guys for, for some playoff games. That, that's how they go on to win the finals because you have these top players, but you play so many games in the NBA playoffs that it can't always be that one or two guys that is taking over every night. So... Getting a night like Grant Williams being the leading scorer in a game seven, like that is so hopeful and so exciting for the Celtics. That makes me feel a lot more confident. The, the, the past two games, they like, go on the road and beat Milwaukee, and then you have Grant Williams. Like, I feel so much more confident for the Celtics now going into this Heat series. I already would have, I already had picked them um, moving on from the Eastern Conference Finals. Actually, I, I thought the Sixers were going to beat the Heat. That didn't happen, but so they're playing the Heat. I feel even more confident that the Celtics are going to win now. So I think it's going to be Celtics-Warriors. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be Celtics-Warriors. You know, the Bucks, like what you just said, they didn't have that, that other guy to help Giannis. Yeah. There was nobody else. There, they, there really wasn't. Giannis, even in the last game, we were saying, you know, I was watching with uh, with Cam and my, my friends, and we were saying that Giannis looks off. Like, he would get to the yeah. rim and he'd he make a nice move and then he seven. was missing. Right. But We're terrible. Well, missing layups. I mean, he was literally well, yeah, missing layups. Yeah, but then when you looked at the stat line, he still had, like, yeah. had, like, 20, had, like, almost 30, uh, 20 rebounds and eight or nine assists. So even in his off day, he was still having that insane stat line just out of sheer will. And he's just an unbelievable player. He... He really left it all out there, and I uh, give him props. He, and... he did, but he was also he made a lot of mistakes. And when the team was solely relying on him to the level that they were, without like really having another like good scorer, he needed not not make those mistakes in the game seven. And it was, I mean, it's the same well, thing the Suns did too. You know what are you gonna do? I mean, but yeah, but, I mean... but you can't equate what he did in the game seven to what Devin Booker and Chris Paul did. Yeah, I mean, he did better. And he was on he the road, too, so it was, it was challenging. But He did way better. It's not even close. He did much better. He didn't have his full team around. He was missing Middleton for, like, the entire playoffs. 
I mean, one can only imagine what would happen if they had Middleton. If you had Middleton, I bet you the Bucks win the series because Middleton's a good player, and this game went right down. I mean, the series went right down to Game Seven. So, yeah. I mean, he had he had in Game Six he had the first forty twenty game since Shaq in '03 in a playoff game, which is unbelievable. I mean, the guy was was going off, and uh, he just didn't have enough help. And yeah, Portis and Lopez. Didn't, didn't look great. Drew Holiday, I thought, was kind of quiet, too. And, I mean, beyond that, like, there's not many other players on the team. Like, Grayson Allen, like... And they weren't making threes. No, they, were, they weren't hitting shots. It was... So, I mean, it was definitely the Celtics showing they're the better team. And Bucks just kind of went cold in the final two games. I mean, really, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. The two finals teams from last season had 3-2 leads after Game 5. And they both lost. The Bucks will be games. back, though. The Bucks will be back for sure. Well, I don't know about them, but the Bucks will definitely be back. <laughs> All right, we're not getting back into into that. Let's preview Eastern Conference Finals. They start tonight. I'm excited to watch that game one. Celtics. Well, are you going to the dance of the decades? Well, yeah, but so we're not going to get to watch. Well, I, I think it's at like 7:30, isn't it? Go watch the game. I think so. I thought it was 8.30. Oh, it might be. I might have seen 7.30 Central Time then. I don't know. But I'm excited to watch as much as I can of it, at least. Maybe they'll have it on at the dance. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. We'll ask. Well, were you at the, the 100 Days dance? I was dance? not. I was All right, not so it's at the same, same venue. venue. Okay. I don't remember if they had TVs or not, but <laughs> we'll maybe we'll we'll see if we could hang out by the, uh, by the bar and get the game. That'd be fun. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Looking at this series, Kenny, who would you say has more to prove? Celtics star Jason Tatum or Heat star Jimmy Butler? I think it's got to be Jimmy Butler, Isaiah. Jimmy Butler, he's been a, a top 15 player in the league for a while now. In, you know, According to me, you might have him a little bit lower. I'm not sure. I think most people would say that he's at least you know, a top 25 or top 20 player in the league for... For several years now, I mean, he was on uh, Chicago. They had their runs. They were never able to get over the hump. Um, then he was. He went to Minnesota, and he had his problems there. And he was, you know, I guess not really being well received by his teammates. And then he went to the Heat, and he went to the finals with them in the bubble year last year. I forget. I think they lost to the Bucks. They lost to the Bucks in the first round. Last year they lost to the Bucks. Then they got Kyle Lowry. They have a, a really strong team. They have a deep team. I think this is his time to to prove it. You know, he's going to go down as that guy who is a great player for sure. And is definitely a top twenty player in the league for many years. Uh, that never won a championship, or is he going to go down as? The guy who was that player who was able to go win a championship. I mean, you know, Tatum is still very young. I think he's 23. He has many, many years to prove um, who he's going to be and, and what kind of a legacy that he's going to have. I mean, people are already talking about how he's kind of entered this different stratosphere of, of stardom. And now he's being talked about as, you know one of the stars in the league after his playoff performances so far this year. And people weren't really saying that before. So he definitely still has time. But Jimmy Butler's window is, you know, he still has years to play, but this is definitely a great opportunity for him. And, 
he's been around longer and he's never gotten that championship and I think he has to prove it. Yeah, you know, I, I will say, um for Jimmy Butler, he's he's older. Um Tatum's what, I think in his fifth season and he's already made the Eastern Conference Finals multiple times. He's he's had a very impressive career so far. Jimmy Butler's obviously had had a lot of accolades in his career. He was on that finals team um, two years ago with the Heat, so he has been to a finals at least. So, I, but he he never won it. They lost obviously that year. So there's definitely a lot of pressure on him in terms of time. The one thing I will say, I feel like a Celtics loss in the series would fall more on Jason Tatum than a Heat loss would fall on Jimmy Butler. I feel like the Celtics rely and they kind of go by how well Jason Tatum's playing more than the Heat go on how well Jimmy Butler's playing. So in that sense, there is, I think, a little bit more pressure because there's a, that more expectation that Jason Tatum will be that guy. And it's like, yeah, they have Jalen Brown, who you could also take over a game, but Jason Tatum's kind of inserted himself into that role where, like, they basically live or die by him. And, and yeah, he doesn't have to be the, the leading scorer. He doesn't have to be the leading scorer, but he was the second leading scorer. I think he had, like, one less point than Grant Williams. The team really rides or dies by how well he's playing. So I do think he has a lot of pressure in that sense. A heat loss, I don't think it's going to fall solely on Jimmy Butler. So, with the time thing, yes, it, there's more pressure on Jimmy Butler, but what an actual loss means for each of these teams, I think there's more pressure on Jason Tatum. See, I don't... And, and also, he's... he's I, don't, I don't know the, the number. Is it, like, two? He's lost, at like, two Eastern Conference Finals so far? I think it like might be three. Maybe three. Like, he doesn't want to... There's pressure to avoid being that guy that always makes the Eastern Conference Finals and can never make but it past But he's so it. young. I know, I know, but I which see, is a time thing, but still. See, I don't, I don't think that a loss, it, like if 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 the Celtics lose or if the Heat lose, I don't think the loss falls uh, solely on either of these players. I, I I think you would hear a lot about a lot of Jason Tatum slander. Maybe, but I don't think it'd be fair because Jason Tatum's. A good player, but I still don't think of him as a top ten player in the league. I know some people think that he is after what he's done in these playoffs, and we might be a little bit biased of uh, where we're living right now. But um, look, he's a good player. I'm not saying he's not. He's an all star, but he's no LeBron James. He's no Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's no Luka Doncic. Like losses by those guys, it falls more solely on their shoulders. You know. For him, I'm not really sure. This seems like it's really some team basketball. It's a lot of team-oriented stuff. Every guy has to do his part. He has to get his amount of points. He has to play well on defense. He has to contribute to the whole. And that's how this team does well. And it's the same thing with the Heat. The Heat are really deep. They have a lot of different players that could do things for you at uh, different points in a game or in a series. And I think that because the... Like the efforts and the success of the team are spread out so nicely amongst all these different players, mm -hmm. and it's not like there's the one guy who's, you know, if LeBron gets to uh, Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals, and he like, I don't know, scores ten or fifteen points in a in a game seven, close that game, and they lose, then oh man, what happened like with yeah. LeBron and. I'm not saying that if Jason Tatum did that as well, people wouldn't say, you know, what's going on, but it's not it's not the same thing. But it's more than it than it would be with Jimmy Butler, I would say. See, I don't think and, that and, and no, I I will agree with you that it's not fair. 
But I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen. A lot more people are going to put this on Jason Tatum than they would on Jimmy Butler. Oh, because so of how people see their roles on their teams. Okay. Because people see Tatum as a top so 10 player already. You don't necessarily agree that... that no, that I, it should solely fall on him. No, but Butler. But you're saying that there's people might more pressure because that. of that. Because a lot okay. of people out there, I think, would say that. Maybe. So that's why I think there, there's more pressure on him. Okay, I understand that point. Just, just the, like the media pressure. Sure. But just from like a like an individual like achievement standpoint, yes, there's more pressure on Jimmy Butler, who's 32, has not won an NBA Finals, and Jason Tatum's only. What, 24 years old, so... Okay, so I feel you on that. Yeah. I think we're in agreement there. Okay, all right. Where do you want to go now? Should we just hit on a couple of teams that are not in the playoffs anymore? Sure. All right, you, you choose. Well, I don't... Why don't we just do the, the Harden thing? Sure. And then we'll we'll get to baseball quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with some nostalgia. S- sounds good. All right, so question here is... Should James Harden get a Supermax? Isaiah, what do you think? Yeah, so so let, let's go through this real quick. So he has one more year on his contract. Right? right. So, I don't know. Like, looking at his numbers this past season, like, basically his all of his stats... pretty good. They're good, but they're all down the, the, from last year. And even last year, I think they're all... A lot of them were down from the year before. I've never been the biggest Harden guy, as, as any of our listeners know. I, I'm not a huge fan of him. I think you wait it out, you give him one more season on the team, and then you start looking at, you know, if he has a bounce back year next year, then maybe we think about, okay, maybe he can get, he can get back to that MVP level. But we just haven't seen that good of play from him in the past couple of years. You have Embiid on your team. To me, like, he's more of their franchise guy. If we're talking, I don't know what Embiid's contract looks like, what, what his contract situation is, but if we want to talk about paying people super maxes, I mean, he's the guy that that's getting paid. To me, it's just Harden's a, a piece that you try him out for another year. If he doesn't work halfway through the season, he, you you'll get some pretty good assets for him at the trade deadline. So I don't I don't think you give him another supermax extension right now. He's not he's not playing well enough for me. You keep him on your team for one more year, see what he can give you, and then you you go from there. I just don't think you could supermax a guy that takes two shots. In the second half of a closeout game. Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking at, like, who has Supermax contracts. I think there's, like, nine players. And, I mean, it's all players that are, like, the best player on their team. And they dominate basically every single night. We haven't seen that from Harden. Who is this in the basically, since he was on the Rockets. I mean, I just can't believe, like, could you imagine if, if three or four years ago somebody said to you, Isaiah, James Harden is going to be... Was it Game 6? It was Game 6, right? That was when they lost. Game 6? I think so. The Rockets? No, no, no. The, um... This series. Six. The Sixers. Yeah. Yeah. The Sixers. So, if somebody would have told you, like, four years ago, Isaiah, James Harden is going to be in a Game 6 win-or-go-home game, but he's only going to take two shots in the second half, you would have said you're out of your mind. James Harden's going to take two shots in the second half? More like 15 or 20. I mean, James Harden used to like be 30 free throws, such, an heavy, such a heavy volume shooter. Yeah. And, like, people are talking about um, there's all these statistics. Like, his blow-by rate has decreased a lot from yeah. where he was in um, Houston. And now they could track, 
uh, like how fast they're moving on the court in terms of mile per hour, and that's decreased a lot in uh, the last couple of years. And all that is fine, but it's not like forget all that. The dude didn't even try to. He didn't even try in the second half. He didn't even try to take more shots. It was that's crazy. I can't believe that this guy. You know, he forced his way out of Houston. He forced his way out of the Nets. He got to be where he wanted to be, mm. and then he just doesn't show up in the second half of that game. If a closeout, like at least shoot fifteen shots and miss them all, and say, you know what, I tried. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Now it, it is funny because I remember early days of the show, three or four years ago, <laughs> the conversation about Harden used to be: Is he taking too many shots? Is he should he be giving the ball to his teammates more? Like he had. He had some decent assist numbers, but, like, he was shooting so much that we're like, should he be giving up the ball more now? Right. It is crazy to see, it's like, the opposite. three years, he's shooting never, <laughs> literally never. It's like, he's a non-factor on the court, and definitely not worth super max money. But he's not a non-factor. He's he's a good facilitator. Compared to what he once was. But he's not. At the beginning of the show. He's not what he once was. Yeah. So, right. he's a little bit washed at this point. We'll see, though. Should we hit some MLB baseball? All right, you you, you go ahead. Where, where do you want to go? Should we hit our hit our teams or what? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Kenny, the Mets are in first. They are. And how do you feel about that? Are they gonna Are they gonna be able to maintain that throughout the rest of the season? Absolutely. Okay. I said it from the beginning when we did our our preseason show for the MLB. I said the Mets are going to win this division. I'm not sure what you said. I know our, our baseball expert Cam said I no. I had the Mets. I know yeah. Cam said no. I don't know if he disagree if he uh, would take it back now or if he still thinks they're going to to lose. I'll have to talk to him and ask him. But um, they're in first place now, and I don't see that changing. I think that they're going to stay in first place. Could they maybe be like taken out of first place at some point and then have to come back and win it? It could happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're going to just run away with it, but I still believe that when everything is said and done at the end of the year, the Mets will be the winners of the NL East for the first time in a little while. <laughs> I agree. I, I think I've been very impressed with them. I, they're my pick to win it as well. They've looked really good so far. There's no reason for me to believe that'll change. Um, the Twins? I'll hit on my team. I don't know. The Twins. The team I, I picked to win the AL Central going into the season. You did. I think did you you pick who the White Sox? I think there we go. Um, I know can't pick the White Sox. I pick the Twins. They're in first place a month and a half into the season, and it's been extremely impressive for a couple reasons. They're pitching. They're top five in the ERA in, in Major League Baseball, which is super impressive. Hitting has been all right, but the main factor here is they're in first place, and they have thirteen players on the injured list right now. They've been extremely injured. I think every team, you know, will go through injury problems at some point in the season. But the Twins are going through it right now, and they're still in first place. They're still like yes, they like last last week for example, they got swept by the Astros at home. They're they're struggling a little bit against really good teams, but they're missing so many players and they're still in first place. They've been taking care of business in their division. I feel good about the Twins. They're going to be a playoff team and I think they're going to they're going to stay in first in their division. I don't know how close you followed them, but they're looking I, good. I haven't, I haven't seen the Twins play yet this year. 
Sorry to say. I only watch the Mets games. I don't watch any other games. Um, so I only, I only see... I, I, don't follow, I don't follow too many other teams either. I only so. see how they're playing and obviously the teams that are playing against them. But sorry to say, Isaiah, I still think the White Sox are going to win this division. Okay. They're only three games back right now. And I think... Twins swept them in the first time, first year. That's fine. I still think that the White Sox are going to come back and win this, okay. this division. I apologize, though. It's all right. We're only a month and a half in out of a six-month season. Long way to go. Any other baseball talk you want to do? Uh, you know, I, I will mention real quick the Angels, because Cam was on the show. Right. He's working for the Angels. Well, they're, they're in second in place they're, now. No, they're, I think they're tied for first, aren't they? Well, they're they? tied. They're tied for first with the Astros. And they're finally kind of looking like a team that, you know, could make a playoff run. And we that's something we've been waiting to see for out of Mike Trout. He's having an extremely good season so far. And then you have Shohei Otani coming off an incredible MVP season. He's looking great. They're, they just had, a, I think, a rookie pitcher who threw a no-hitter last week. So they're looking good. I The only problem to me with the Angels is the Astros are still looking like the Astros. They're playing extremely well. They want. They were just on an 11-game winning streak until, I think, last Saturday. Um it was at the Red Sox-Astros game last night. The Red yeah, Sox ended up winning well. after the rain out. But Astros still look really good. So they're still the better team, I think, than the Angels. So I, I, I have yet to see whether the Angels are, you know, if this is a fluke and how good they've been. It's not a fluke. I mean, they're a good team. But if they're actually going to be better than the Astros, it's hard to say right now just based on the success the Astros have had. Yeah, I, I think the Astros are still going to win this division. I'd, I'd love to see somebody else win the division because nobody likes the Astros, except if you're an Astros fan. And even if you're an Astros fan, I don't know how you, how you still like them. Like, I saw somebody last night wearing an Altuve jersey at the game, and I'm just like, how do you, like, Yeah. I just don't get how you, how you're just okay with still being a fan of that team. Like, I think if the Mets cheated so egregiously... I just don't think I'd be able to like them until, like, the entire team has yeah. been purged of every single player that was involved in that scandal. And then I would say, okay, I could be a Mets fan again because everyone that was involved in that is gone. But all those guys are still there. And I, I don't know. I don't like them. I'd love to see the Angels or somebody else win that division yeah. and beat them. But unfortunately, I don't see it happening. And... Yeah, they're still getting booed like crazy. We saw it firsthand yeah. last night. Well, as um, they as they should be. Speaking of, the Red Sox have been one of the worst teams in baseball this season. And they were expected to be a really good team. That, that was the ALCS last year. The team, the game we saw last night, Astros, Red Sox. They've been terrible. We'll see if they can turn it around. It's hit, Hitting has been terrible. They're one of the worst hitting teams in Major League Baseball. Um, I'll be following them more this year. Because I'm going to be actually working for the Red Sox yes. next year. Congratulations, Isaiah. Want to throw that out there. Uh, starting in July, I got a job with the Red Sox. So I'm going to be a member of the team. You know, I actually haven't told them I'm a Twins fan yet. So that'll be interesting. I don't know. It how might be that. hard to sell tickets the way they're playing right now, Isaiah. I know. See, I know. like that's going to make the job a little bit more challenging. Yeah, I actually I was thinking about. It. I actually asked the uh, manager about that when uh, I talked to him, and he said it was basically. Got to sell more of the his, like the history of Fenway and the experience of being at a Red Sox. Than the success of the than team. Than the success, exactly. And it's also like it's the Red Sox. They've won multiple World Series. Like they they were really good last year. Like you never know. You never know. They could turn it around. Yeah. Well, 
what do I think about them for the rest of the season? I think they're still going to be in fourth place because that's what I said at the beginning of this. Yeah. I I explicitly top, said top division. I thought they were going to be the fourth place team. The only team that was going to be worse was the Orioles, and even them, the Orioles are only a half game back of the Red Sox. So <laughs> I still think that they're going to be in this position, unfortunately, for the rest of the season. It's a really tough division. Yeah, I mean, three really good teams at the top, Yankees, Rays, and Blue Jays. It'll be tough. All right, a couple minutes left. It's the last show. Can you have a question for you? Yeah. Do you know the date of our very, very first episode? I don't. You have a guess. Well, <laughs> it must have been sometime... Like, uh, January of 2018. 19. 19. It was February 27th. Okay. It was a little bit later in the semester than I thought. It was the week before spring break. It was February 27th, 2019. I went back just to see a little bit about what we talked about and what that oh. first episode was like. Okay. So here, here are some of the big news of the day in that first That's one. That's a great idea. I love that. So our very first question was about the Eastern Conference and what we thought about it. And we were talking about how the Celtics were just on a, like a, a losing streak. And we talked about who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference. I actually said the Raptors would. And they went on to win the NBA Finals that year. So Yeah, they did. That was, that was good. I will say our energy was very low when we, when we on that it first was. episode. You got to go back and listen. <laughs> we kind of got into it, but like it was very quiet. Okay. And just kind of like well, we, muted. We it, was, it wasn't like anything well, like we this. We didn't know each other. We barely knew each other at that point. We probably like when when I started yelling at you, you know, that's when I was comfortable. <laughs> but I wasn't comfortable enough to to make fun of you when you were saying crazy stuff. But I guess you did have some good takes. Did yeah. I have any good takes? Yeah. Um. Well, I'll just go through a few yeah, more. Yeah. Go points. ahead. One thing we we basically kept the same format, which I, it was kind of funny listening back and like we basically the way we asked questions, the way we we've gone back and forth. We did the same since day one, um, but a few uh, some of the news we're talking about how KD was on the Warriors for the first time, uh, like that, like last season they had like the best regular season. Paul George was on the Thunder, having an MVP level season. Um, there was rumors about KD and Kyrie hanging out; they might join the Knicks. Like there's wow. some rumors there. Wow. Zion's shoe had just blown out against <laughs> UNC. Um, it was just a month after the Saints-Rams final game penalty in the NFC Championships. So we're talking about if they're going to review penalties next year. The Eagles did not franchise tag Nick Foles, which was crazy. They're going to stick with Carson Wentz. And just for an update on that, Nick Foles just got released by the Bears last week. Um, so that didn't really work out for him. Somebody called us, if you remember that show. I think it might have been one of your friends. Might we, have been. we didn't know how to, what we were supposed to do about that situation. Um... So yeah, that was just kind of we kind of had a crazy first show. Um, I don't know if you had any big takes from that one. You did say like Paul George might win MVP, which was pretty. It's pretty crazy to think about now. He did, he did not win MVP that season, but we also talked about Giannis being a lot better, having grown into a lot better player. I don't know. There's a lot that happened. Yeah. Um, one other show I want to talk about was March 9th, twenty twenty. Two days before we got sent home from COVID, we talked about. Maybe there won't be a show next week because of this virus thing that's going around. But next week we have the Bractology show. We're so excited for that. Um, we did not go again yes, until October thing. 6th, which was seven months later. Um, and we actually tried to start earlier that semester and like the link wasn't working or something. So that we had a seven month hiatus yeah. at one point. Yeah. That was tough. Is there any other memorable moments you have? 
No, I, you know, we've talked about so many things. It's so hard to, you know, it was nice of you to go back to that specific, those two specific episodes because those were definitely uh, two episodes that were set in, in interesting times, one being the first and one being the one right before COVID and before, like, the, the whole world changed, which yeah. is pretty crazy. Uh, but my favorite part about the shows were always when we would get into some kind of disagreement and uh, we'd have some big argument and uh, we'd get into it and be yelling at each other and, and calling each other stupid or whatever. And, <laughs> Just crazy. Uh, yeah, that was always my favorite part about the show uh, when we would have some contention and uh, definitely going to miss it. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't agree more. We had a lot of good debates, a lot of heated debates, even tonight. So I've loved it. I'm going to miss it. I think that's it. Yeah, I guess that's it, everybody. I just want to uh, thank everybody for listening all these years, to all our loyal fans. I mean, I remember when I signed up for this club, it was just uh, me walking around at a career fair, and somebody was was like yelling, hey, does anybody want to be on Sports Talk Radio? And I was like, what? You guys are going to let us be on the radio? For real? <laughs> And I know it's only AM and it's not that, uh, you know, that big of a, a deal or anything, but um, I was so excited to hear about it. And then I didn't have anybody to do, to do the show with, so I uh, just randomly got paired up with Isaiah. And it turned out that we were in, interested in a lot of the same topics. And the rest is history. 63 shows later, lots of arguments, lots of agreements. 63 hours of, of talking yeah. sports. Uh, even more. Even more because of the, the Sunday shows. So, like, 65 hours of talking sports. Unbelievable. I, uh, you know, this is definitely tough and it's very sad. But uh, I really appreciate everyone for, for listening. And I hope that everyone enjoyed. And I hope that we were able to, uh, you know, learn about what was going on in the league and listen to our takes and see what we thought, even if you thought that we were dumb sometimes, and uh, I'm sure we were. And uh, it was great. And it's been great, everybody. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you guys so much. I think for the last time, we'll be signing off. This is Isaiah Mueller. This is Kenny Tomkovich signing off, everybody. Love you all. Thank you all so much. Be good. Good night.